You are experiencing HR After Dark, solving the people problems that keep you up at night. We exist to make the people part of business easier for leaders, entrepreneurs, CEOs, and business owners of all kinds. Thank you for joining us. HR After Dark, solving the people problems that keep you up at night. My name is Jada Willis. I'm your host. And we do have Erica Robinson, our senior HR consultant with Willis HR, and then also a very special guest. We have Anthony Chung. He is an HR generalist, a senior HR generalist, that is, uh, with Honeywell. And so welcome, Anthony. Thank you. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. All right. Fantastic. Thanks for joining us. Um, we really want to talk a little bit more today about this remote working environment. I know that you know, you have moved to a remote working environment. I want to hear a little bit more about what that was like for you and your organization. So the switch to remote, uh, it, it was pretty, you know, seamless shift in terms of the ability and um, the resources that we had to shift to a remote work site. Um, it was, you know, we had our, most people had laptops, so it was easy for us to, you know, transition individuals to say, hey, you know, we recognize this concern. We recognize the guidance from the government. So let's go ahead and, you know, work from home for the safety and, and for the interest of our employees. And I would say from leadership, there mm -hmm. was definite guidance from them in terms of what remote work looks like. So we had trainings, we sent out emails, communication was very key during this transition um, in terms of what to expect and even respecting boundaries and setting your own boundaries as an employee working offsite. And so from HR, it even helped us because we can, you know, we have a message behind us from leadership to help strengthen that message. That's fantastic. So you really actually hit most of the key points in the way of communication, but even thinking through what are those expectations, boundaries, and policies that employees will, will need and so you all were, you were kind of really at the forefront of that in sharing and distributing that to your employee base. Right. So a lot of the communication, I will say, came from the top down and were distributed, but we were given a heads up, hey, this is what communication is going to be. This is what it's going to look like. So this is what your expectations are. I, I would say the message and the, the branding, it, it was spot on. And the boundaries, it was things that we sometimes already know, especially when we sometimes work from home, whether it's, you know, feeling ill, just those one-off occasions when we may work from home, but a reminder for those who may not be used to it or those who, you know, thrive by working on-site and can't imagine life <laughs> working from home. Um, but it's things like avoiding distractions uh, for them, making sure that they are available during business hours. And on the flip side, for their managers and leaders to understand respecting their time, their time off, their time with family, and being mindful that although this is work from home, this is also an unprecedented time. And so their families are home as well, including their children, you know, their spouses, their families um, are home. So if there's, you know, a dog barking in the background or, you know, yeah. some <laughs> running feet in the back, be mindful <laughs> of that and, and respect, yeah. you know, that it's not in their control, it's not their choice. Um, this isn't the situation any of us want to be in, but let's make the best uh, of the situation we're in. But also, I think reinforcing the idea that this is not permanent. This is not our forever situation where everyone will be working from home. But it also gets get mm -hmm. in the uh, mindset of we will return one day. So don't, you know, go make a permanent arrangements. Don't add a wing to your home or new room. Just, <laughs> you know, let, let's work on, let's fix the immediate issue. I like something that you said about encouraging that work-life balance. That stuck out to me because typically 
when leaders are preparing for employees to go home, especially in a situation like this, it's more about productivity, making sure you have the connectivity, all of the the pieces in place to do the, the work. It is not so much a concentration on making sure you maintain work-life balance as an employee, but also for your employees. And so I think, and I say this quite often, that one of the drawbacks to remote work is that you're always at work or always, quote unquote, at the office. So it's easy to pick up a laptop or log on, send an email really quick, finish a, finish a presentation. But because we are homebound, especially with this particular quarantine, mental health is a, an aspect that we really need to be sensitive to so that we aren't overworking employees and that we are giving them that latitude to do things that provide self-care for them, binge watching shows, whatever else on their off time. And so establishing specific work hours, even if it's a range, I think is so important for the mental health and well-being of our employees. And we really have to focus on that. So thank you for making that point. And I think part of the focus is making sure the work gets done, not necessarily how many hours, especially if it's an exempt employee, not focusing on how many hours they're working. You know, some managers, uh, unfortunately, may look at the status of, you know, is the employee away? Is, you know, what are they doing? Are they in meetings? What does the calendar look like? And it's, you know, important not only for leadership, hiring those managers or even HR to really reinforce that. And things happen. If you're at home and your child, you need to change a diaper, you know, that's not just, a, you know, a quick fix sometimes. <laughs> it may take a bit longer. Right. So, you may show away for a minute or two. It's, again, unprecedented. So you have to be mindful of that. Don't try to focus on control. Focus on let's, you know, get the work done. And trust. I feel like if you hire a person, then you trust them to do their job. And if it's in a remote situation, you have to trust that it may not be, you know, them constantly being logged on for eight hours, every second of that eight hours, but the work is getting done and you're trusting that they're doing it but also that they're keeping your information safe and secure in their homes, but that they're actually getting work done and not necessarily hawkeyeing them and making sure every minute is accounted for. Exactly. So have you had any struggles or I guess concerns or complaints, you know, kind of from a employee base? Now, obviously we don't want names or things of that nature, but, but like, so how has it went? really smooth i guess for your company in this transition or there really have not been concerns so we're kind of a a hybrid Mm -hmm. at least our our subdivision so we still have some employees who do have to report to uh work sites so it's not a hundred percent remote everyone so there there have been concerns raised from employees just you know what is the company doing to ensure my safety when i do have to report to a work site and Mm -hmm. even some of our work sites are not owned by or, or managed by the company but by our customers so it's just making sure employees have the right information um, in terms of what to do, how to keep themselves safe. And even before we moved to remote, uh, our work site, mm-hmm. you know, implemented things very quickly, I would say, in terms of how to react right now since we weren't, you know, just flipping the switch to work from home. So that's simple things like, hey, let's have more sanitizer everywhere. Let's keep doors propped open where possible. Just the little things, but to show like, hey, we're making an effort. And then even now, just making sure we're encouraging employees from a policy standpoint, if you are not feeling well, let's really look at our policies in terms of sick time. Do you need to use sick time? 
if there mm-hmm. is any kind of positive result, how do we handle that? And we, you know, talked through that and you know, our HSE team really walked us through a process map of, you know, if this happens, you know, this is who you call, this is what communication needs to happen. So it, we tried to, you know, you can't plan for every situation, but you can at least, you need to have a plan. <laughs> And these are all excellent points. I'm hearing good, good pieces. And one thing, one of the reasons why I think you're a great guest for this is because we're kind of doing different spectrums. So Willis HR, our our clientele are really small businesses and nonprofits, maybe less than, you know, 250 employees. And so they don't have as much infrastructure and probably don't have that hybrid approach. But I think you offer such a, a different perspective from a, a corporate perspective because you are doing things the right way. And it's like checking every box of, of what our advice has been in how do we treat employees? How do we communicate with employees? And, you know, even the productivity pieces of it and the flexibility. So it's really nice to hear that from small businesses to, you know, larger corporations, these are consistent best practices that we're deploying right now. So one thing I wanted to kind of transition to is that I don't know if you're hearing this, but there are some states that are reopening. And I know you're based in Houston. So is, is Houston and Texas one of those? Texas is a state where um, th- there is guidance, you know, in terms of businesses reopening and individuals returning to work. Um, I would say, you know, we're even starting to think of what does that look like? You know, even though, because again, you can't just flip a switch. It didn't, you can flip a switch and shut it off. So you have to ease people back into work. And some of those practices, you have to change your policies and also get flexibility for employee situations. Because while some uh, businesses are open, schools are not. Schools are closed for the remainder of the year. And there's plenty of parents in the workforce. (laughs) I don't expect you to have the answer for that. I don't, uh, or or for this, I don't expect you or or us really to have the answer. But, you know, we are going to have to talk about maybe businesses are reopening, but you know, schools are closed and there's going to be probably some impact to attendance, right? And so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. not just attendance, but even our attendance policies and maybe just even holding folks accountable. What does that even look like? And, you know, we can have a discussion on, you know, maybe some best tips, but I don't, I don't even think like that's definitely the next stage of uncharted territory. That, and if I could add, even people not necessarily feeling safe with going back to work right now. So I may, the state may open up, but I personally may not be able to go back or willing to go back. So that's another discussion too. How do we deal with that as far as attendance mm-hmm. and the next step for those employees? No, I mean, that's a great point. I think that would be probably the biggest challenge that we have is, you know, both. So people who may, for whatever reason, whether it's a, just a choice or, you know, they may be one of those higher risk um, individuals for returning to the workplace or, and also parents and, and opening it back up and flexibility, as you mentioned, Jada, with your attendance policy. I think the key personally is that flexibility. And, you know, if your workplace or your um, organization allows some flexibility now with remote work, remember that when it opens back up. Don't just use remote work when it just benefits you. Think about mm-hmm. how it can benefit your employees as well. So they may not necessarily be able to come in every day or they may not necessarily need to work remotely every day, but allow some flexibility to say, okay, maybe two days a week or one day a week or even 
doing some type of shift uh, switching and, you know, do they need to come in and work eight to five or can they come in earlier, leave or, you know, leave later, what, what have you to allow them the flexibility because it's not in their control. This isn't like summer, you know, when kids mm-hmm. are out of school where you can send them to summer camp, you have nowhere to take them. Childcare facilities everywhere is closed. So um, you can't just leave your kids at home, you know, a seven-year-old and say, you know, make ramen noodles and I'll, I'll be back at five. Exactly. Yeah, no, we completely agree. And that's what we're, you know, also advising clients. Now, one thing that Eric and I have been a part of is helping employers to implement furloughs and and layoffs. And so, Eric, could you talk a little bit about, you know, what's your advice with employers? How can they now bring, if they're at the point where they could bring maybe furloughed employees or employees that they've laid off, maybe they need to rehire What's your advice on how to even get back in touch and, and re-engage these employees? Well, I think especially with furlough employees, the consistent communication or even when you're notifying them that if there is a furlough, to say, you know, we're reevaluating and we'll look at the scope of things in two weeks, in a month, so that they have some sort of landmark to anticipate where they may be hearing from you. Because... The thing is, even though they may be great employees and they may love the company, it's their livelihood that has been put on hold. So they could have possibly uh, found another position. They're also likely getting unemployment. So that's something to consider, too. But also just looking at your picture as holistically as possible. So states may be opening up right now. But what is best for your business? What does your revenue look like? Can you afford to pay these employees? if you do bring them back because what you don't want to do is bring them back and in another two weeks figure out that your revenue stream isn't what you hope it would be and then you have to send them back out that's not good for morale that's not good for pr um, frankly for your company and so those are things that you really have to look at but if you do find yourself in a place where you can bring your employees back definitely reach out i like the two-fold approach so i like to send emails but I also like to reach out with a phone call. Um, numbers could have changed. You know, they may have had their phones disconnected because they were out of work. So you also need to be respectful of that and considerate of that. Um, but definitely reach out and be enthusiastic about it. Welcome them back. Let them know that you want to bring them back on. You know, think about the wages that you will be paying them because you'll need to communicate that. You'll need to communicate the start date. Um, if their job titles or responsibilities have changed, that's something you want to go ahead and notify them of so that they can prepare themselves to come back into work. Um, and I would also advise an offer letter or some sort of written notification, written agreement, just much like the when you started their employment so that they have that. It's tangible. It's in writing. They can see the terms of their employment because it's wrapping back in. And then to our point from earlier, when you bring them back in, you know, give them that period to adjust to being back at work, to ramp them back in to their roles and responsibilities and get them, you know, reacclimated to the organization and also do a great job of making them feel welcome. Like make it as much of a production as possible so that they can feel they were missed and that they're valued as, as team members. Right. And that's a lot of information to unpack. I really uh, mm-hmm. think that you, ha- you hit really the major points of all of that, but it's actually going into our next question is, so employers don't know if 
well, do they have to complete, you know, new hire paperwork uh, for the for these employees? And so, you know, I'll open this back up to both of you to say, so if uh, um, employers lay off employees, so should they be completing the I-9 and other new hire documents? Furlough employees are still current employees. So all of their paperwork that's on file remains. Now, if this is an employee that was laid off um, or terminated, then yes, you would either do section three of the I-9 or you can do a completely new one. I prefer section three and just update it with their new hire date, their rehire date. Um, but you will need to go ahead and treat them like a new hire or a rehire in any normal circumstances if they have been laid off. If they've been furloughed, just make sure that you have their up-to-date information, bank accounts, things like that for payroll, the W-4s are up-to-date and you're ready to go. All yeah, right. No, I agree with everything. <laughs> that that was spot on. Yeah. We just we just uh that was a HR mic drop right there. Yeah. <laughs> the nail on the head because these are pieces that maybe especially from a small business standpoint that employers are thinking about of you know how do I even you know navigate this you know I even got a simple question from an employer that indicated well does that mean that I actually have to still post the FFCRA poster in the workplace? Yeah. <laughs> the answer is yes. Yeah, because it's Right. It's a, it's a relevant poster. It's a poster that goes right with your other federal labor law posters. And so, but these are just things that I think it's hard to take a step back as a leader and a business owner sometimes and to start thinking about, well, now I have to also have to think about our technology needs and IT and should I actually stay and keep my employees remote? Or, you know, and then what are my HR practices? So I think that folks like us, this is how we can really help to just clarify the confusion and create those steps. And even to that point, when you were saying, you know, laptops technology, um, if you know or you anticipate there being a ramp up of bringing employees back, you may necessarily want to get rid of those assets because it may take time to reacquire them. So, you know, do you need to get rid of all the laptops? Do you need to remove certain resources that will help you ramp back up immediately? Think about the order in which you hire those resources or bring them back on because you may need your IT person or your IT team set up before you bring in 100 people back into your organization. Oh, man, you're absolutely right. So that's a staggered approach. And one thing we're doing even next week, so we're bringing three different leaders so we're actually bringing an HR professional that supports an 100% remote company. We're bringing an executive director that moved uh, 40 plus employees to remote work within three to four days. And Erica really led the charge with that too. And then the lastly, we have an executive director, CEO, that moved her team, about 10 employees to remote work, is maybe just struggling a little bit and really wants to return to basically that, that work site. But we're bringing this together as a podcast for next week because we want to hear the different perspectives. We want to hear, I, I know that you mentioned you have a hybrid approach right now. And so I, you know, I'm probably more leaning towards that, but many employers and even small businesses are thinking, well, maybe this is a long-term solution that we should have more remote employees or even our whole team move to remote work. I guess, what's your feedback on that? I would say a few things. So one is look at all of the the factors, which would be, you know, your engagement. So how are you going to engage your team once they are remote or should you go to some type of fully remote uh, approach? Because 
now that you don't see them day to day, it's harder to just say, hey, I walk up to the dad. So, you know, those simple, you know, things and gestures that we would do just by seeing someone, even snacks in the office or sometimes the ways you engage people. So think about your engagement should you move to some remote uh, site. Another thing to look at is, you know, the cost. So cost should not be your only deciding factor, but you mm-hmm. do have to consider it. So it may be uh, a lot more cost effective for you to, to not have a lease for a work site. And then if you were just having a meeting to just set up a meeting, uh, you know, you can schedule them at different places. And then the third is collaboration. So how will your team be able to collaborate remotely? Um, and you have to drive that, I would say, before you go remote, making sure that you have that cohesiveness with your team and you have um, you know, basically kind of a, a regularly set up uh, agenda of you know, how frequently are we going to meet? Um, what are we going to meet about? Is it a weekly meeting just to discuss, you know, the topics of, you know, our objectives for the week or just what have you? You have to really plan for it. Don't just jump into it because it feels like, you know, hey, it feels good. to People want to work from home and not everyone wants to work from home. So what do you do in that case? You're absolutely right. One thing that Eric and I discussed recently, we're creating a survey where we're asking employees, you know, what are your likes? What are your dislikes about working home? And I just, I just think that it's good to get your employees opinion, right? And not to your point, not force this upon, you know, your employee base. So let me just ask this both to Erica and Anthony. So any other final thoughts or maybe even advice or tips to businesses or HR professionals that are moving their teams from remote work back into the work site. And Erica, I'm going to start with you. Yes. So definitely communicate, communicate, communicate. If that is the plan, if you are wanting to shift people back on site, you need to establish days. Like what day is this happening? What's the new normal or your work schedule, if there are any of those things that have been changed, make sure that you communicate that any company property that was taken home needs to be brought back um, and have a a checklist assuring that all property has been um, returned, as well as any secure company file. So you'll just want to send out that reminder to people to literally whatever belongs to the company, bring that back. And then again, scheduling, if it is a staggered skeletal type of approach or is everybody coming back and working eight to five and then expectations so any policy changes or changes in rules that have taken place that were a special circumstance just because of COVID-19 you'll need to address and shift back to whatever those policies were but also communicate that as well along with an effective date so effective this day our PTO policy will resume as normal or however you like to put that but just making sure that you're setting employees up for success and that they know what to expect when they return. And also, if you had any new hires while you were out and you did remote I-9, you'll need to make sure that you verify their documentation upon um, your office opening back up and you get copies of those documents so that they can continue to work and you'll be compliant. Hey, all right, beat that, Anthony. I can't, I can only add to it. <laughs> it, was, it was great. I mean, she, she hit on everything. Um, what I would say with communication is with communication, definitely communicate frequently, communicate across to, to employees, but also have a way for employees to communicate up to you. 
It shouldn't just be a one-way communication. Allow them to provide feedback on what has been working once you do return to the work site or wait for them to share like any concerns that they may have before coming to the work site. So you don't want to say to Erica's point of giving notice, you don't want to say, hey, tomorrow morning, you need to come to the office and it's 3 p.m. The, the previous day. You want to give them time to share concerns. And then also based on those concerns, you can create like a frequently asked questions because if they have that question, someone else likely has that question as well. Um, so just think through that. And then also evaluate your work site. Look at how it's set up. Can you, although you are returning to work, you still need to provide or should provide some form of social distancing. So are your desks, are people crammed into a room? Do you need to spread people out at your work site? Do an evaluation before you even announce you're coming back to the work site because you need to make sure that you're still respecting those boundaries of social distancing. Excellent That's point. A great point. Also, uh, I think you should do something for morale. You know, some people may still be anxious about COVID-19 and things going on or maybe worried because they have to find childcare for their children, things like that. But welcome people back and do something to boost morale while also practicing social distancing and safe measures, but do something to get people engaged and feel welcome because it's stressful for businesses, but it's also stressful for employees and you really want them to feel valued uh, and like a part of the team and you're happy to have them back in the office. Yes. And we are happy. We're happy that employees are, you know, able to be working remotely. We're happy to you know, even return back to, you know, the work site. And we're happy to have listeners to the HR After Dark podcast. So this has been a phenomenal episode. I think that most of our listeners are going to have to probably listen several times just to take notes and take down all of this information that really will help HR professionals, leaders, just with current remote working um, environments, and then also returning back to uh, the work site as well. So thank you so much, Anthony and Erica, for joining us today. Thank you. I've enjoyed it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank me. you. So much fun. All right. Well, awesome. Awesome. This has been uh, this week's episode of HR After Dark. And we wish you the very best.